0: Hello and welcome to episode 317 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie films to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to... F it up! ...in our very, very humble opinion. Uh, Today, I'm joined by two very special guests because we're doing a very special episode just for you. We're going to do this once a month. That's the plan anyway. But first of all, I want to introduce you to our hosts, fellow hosts today. We have on Phil Hawkins. Hey, Phil, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good, good. good. Yeah, now, if you don't know, Phil is a writer and producer, uh, but mainly a director of Hundreds and hundreds of adverts, but also the director of feature films including The Butterfly Tattoo, Being Sold, which shot in two days, The Last Showing, uh, Four Warriors, and his fan film uh, Star Wars Origins, which is superb and is on YouTube. Go watch it, it's being critically acclaimed as an epic masterpiece. And his latest feature film, it's Universal's and Sky Movies Prancer, A Christmas Tale. Phil Hawkins.
1: Hello, I say I'm a bit tired this morning because I've been up doing a remote shoot since Celia o'clock, <laughs> but, um, but can't complain. Can't no complain. you can't
0: complain you can't. So my
1: head is definitely ready for what's about to come and doesn't involve any brain power whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I know that's the thing we're now Hopefully. going proper tech support filmmaking support and me and you brains have to be switched on because our fellow uh, host today is Stephen Follows. Hey Stephen.
2: Hey how's it going I feel very um, I haven't achieved anything this morning if, if Phil's been out there doing remote shoots all around the world. Uh, Mm. I've had a cup of tea right I
1: mean it's only 11 o'clock in the morning it's just because of it's time zones not of <laughs> being super efficient you're that's you what you're doing we're cheating, yeah, you're cheating.
0: <laughs> so if you don't know um, Stephen Follows he's a very established data researcher in the film industry his work has been featured in the New York Times ladies and gentlemen and the Times in the UK uh, and many more and he runs the fabulous website stephenfollows.com where you can find pages and pages of filmmaking facts and figures he's also taught at major film schools his script writing has won numerous awards including the Virgin Media Shorts he runs the very successful Show Me The Money podcast he has also been nominated for a, a Biff award and longlisted for a BAFTA and he's produced over 100 short films and two feature films called Baseline and The Grind welcome to the Filmmaker's Podcast for the first time but not the last Stephen Follows hey buddy
2: Hey. Lovely, lovely to be here. It's been also uh, we've known each other for a while, and we bumped into each other all the time. And you keep saying time. you need to come on the pod, and like, yeah, yeah, definitely, and I'm, and I mean it. And then it never happens because I'm doing something else, or or you're off doing a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this is uh, long overdue.
0: It is long overdue. And it was
1: cold hard cash. Yes, in, it. in an old school studio deal, we now own Stephen Follows on yes. the podcast. Damn that's it. it. I it I'm not a... work for any
2: other studio. Yeah, exactly. Podcasts. It's
0: because we've, you know, <laughs> paid in the big bucks. That's the difference. Yeah, I was holding
2: out. That's what it was. That's why I've held out to three, episode 300 and something. <laughs> yeah, 300 and something, exactly.
0: <laughs> so I am Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director and a producer. My latest directed films, Walls of War and The Stranger in Our Bed, are on Sky and Amazon right now. And my latest produced movie, Three Day Millionaire, is still in cinemas and showcased around the country, but you can see that now on Sky and, Amazon. Uh, and we've just announced our US and Canada release, which will be on the 21st of February. How exciting. Hey. So the format of this, our new strand, our new once a month episodes called The Business of Film Explained. And the purpose of these episodes is to dive deep into the facts and figures that we normally don't do. Normally, we're talking to guests and we find out about their stories and their world. And often we might touch on facts, but we don't dive deep. And by having Stephen Follows on, um, we thought that that is exactly what we could do to help you filmmakers understand what happens in the film industry from a data analyst viewpoint. That's the plan. <laughs> it's way more
1: exciting than it sounds,
0: guys. It's yeah. way more exciting than it sounds. <laughs> well, it is, because I've, I've been getting Stephen Follows his blogs and his uh, pages of information for so long and I've loved them and I just think they're so important for filmmakers to understand what's happening in the industry and why you should look at this stuff and why it should influence you as a filmmaker so the fact that we're sort of giving you this as well I I think is I think is what's the word invaluable
1: yeah and I think it's also important as a whole because you know not many people i think Stephen is just flying the flag single-handedly about collecting this kind of information which is hugely important to the future of the industry mm-hmm. what we need to improve what we're doing good at <laughs> what we're not doing so good at
2: yeah they're not equal categories are they <laughs> no
1: <laughs> no and no. also as filmmakers, you know, we, we, we can get in our little bubble and, and feel, feel very lonely and everyone's like outsiders, so when to look at some, you know, cold hard stats um, that say, oh no, everyone is like me, we're all, we're all struggling and, and <laughs> in, in this industry, uh, I, think it's, I think it's very, very useful. So I, I know nothing about what I'm going to talk about, I might have heard some stuff off the grapevine, I'm literally going to be, you know, a fresh
0: pair of ears on these figures so um yeah i'm excited i'm excited too i'm buzzing actually i think this is going to be great So the aim of this is to get some facts, figures, but really so that we can dive deep into all this and what we feel about it and hopefully what you feel about it. So we thought we'd tackle this with maybe a topic, an episode, maybe two if we get round to it. Well, see, one of the interesting things about the film industry is that we have this adage that no
2: one knows anything, right? Right. The William Goldberg quote. The thing is that that quote, first of all, that's only half the quote. The full quote is no one knows anything. No one single person can know everything in the process. Mm -hmm. So we have taken that on as if like no one can know anything like it's we use it as permission to know nothing and be ignorant and safe and actually you're right, it's right in the sense we can't know everything but you can know something and and we should check out what is possible so let's be a bit more inquisitive as to how things have worked before and then feed that into our own journey so every aspect of everything we're doing we should check out what's been for before before we even then decide what we're gonna do so there is no aspect of filmmaking we shouldn't be inquisitive and curious about so that sounds like a big mission and that might take a while but uh, let's let's take
0: that as our mission (laughs) i like that Uh, phil what do you think should be our first topic though that we should dive into here
1: i have always been interested in knowing how many filmmakers writers producers go on and make a second film because it's sort of it's kind of deemed success and it is success to a lot of people maybe that even haven't made that first film or are holding out of that first film because they want to win everything Yeah, you know, i i don't like uh, hopefully We've got some answers because I'm very curious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like a brilliant topic. Let's dive into that one. Um, but we will be doing, like I say, more of these. So do get your questions in um, and ask us because there's so many out there. There's so many questions. How do movies actually get made? How many f- people work on a film? Uh, what percentage of that is women? What percentage of that is from a different race, different background? That, that's really interesting. I think this is what this part of the Filmmakers Podcast is going to be. All right, so... That first question then, what percentage of directors, producers and writers make more than one feature film? Stephen, let, let's dive straight in with that then in terms of the percentage. Yeah, absolutely. Let's set the tone for
2: this because the thing is that one of the, the interesting things whenever I'm doing a project like this, I always have to pick apart the hidden subtext of what's going on within the question or within the framing. And here we have, and I agree with you, I would, I would absolutely do this as well. We've have, We've have sort of defined success as making another film which is Mm -hmm. an assumption, Uh, and film specifically, whereas there are many other places to go. Um, And also we have bought into this idea of like a first-time filmmaker. And uh, there's lots of conversations with like investors and producers as like, oh, will you trust a first-time filmmaker? And Mm -hmm. there is a sort of non-stats question about whether it's best that your first film you've made a film so at least you've made one and everyone thinks oh look he he or she didn't get that wrong or whether it's better that you wait until you can blow everyone away because your debut feature is a better story you know mm-hmm. like it's hard to know what, what I can tell you is from having done the stats we did uh, my, uh, Bruce Nash who runs the numbers website and I used to pair up four or five times a year to do articles for the American film market and they let us study anything mm-hmm. we wanted and one of them we looked at was the um, how profitability for films changed whether it was a first time director or not, so here 's my question to you two Just take a guess mm-hmm. to what degree do you think if any have the the fact that the director was the first time director affected the likelihood of making money? Do you think first time directors made more money than than repeat directors this made no difference or that they made far less
1: uh, on a theatrical
2: yeah, these. Well, Release. this is. Well, it was the total amount of profit they made, but these were all films that had reached cinemas. So, so yeah, it's right. not. It's not just a sort of micro-budget film that you shoot on your iPhone, which is no, totally yeah. valid from an art point of view. But that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been involved because I don't think yeah. they're. They're not commercial. They're not economic products. They're art. You know? Yes,
1: I would guess that the, the second plus time filmmaker would make more money.
2: By a big, big degree, little degree, Like.
1: I would say probably. <sighs> And I honestly, generally don't know the answer. I've not seen stats, so I would say because you're more likely to have a higher budget on a on the next film, that therefore they're wanting to make more money back. So I would say yes, there's a lot more to be made. Except the kind of wonderkins that go out there and <laughs> make mm-hmm. make a film, the Blair Witches of this world, which probably skew it the other way, and the <laughs> parallel activities skewed yeah. the other way Blair Witch so. ruins everything paranormal no, activity we, ruins all stats yeah so I, I that's my instinct I don't know how right I am
0: though I, I interestingly think it's not and for the exact <laughs> reason that you said Phil which is you get a bit more money for your second feature now having more money often means it's much harder to make the money back and I reckon the statistics of someone making a third film after their second is much 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 lower because exactly that reason i think on the first film you get a chance people go it's the first time director i hear this all the time from producers yeah we'll give a chance to a first time director but a second time director they don't they get judged a little bit on their first film and sometimes the stats and obviously if it's a huge smash like blair witch then yeah you're gonna make a second film really um so my i really think it's very similar I think the stats are really similar between your first film and the money it makes and your second film because of budget. That's my instinct. See what I love this. This is so much
2: fun because both you guys could be right in different senses. Obviously, there is <laughs> we're an average. both right. Yay!
1: Basically, Stephen, I'm right.
2: You know, that, that's, that's the most important thing. I said could be right. <laughs> yeah. I'm being Damn. nice. Don't confuse this that with being right. This is a Christmas quiz again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: I need to get out of the competitive. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! No, I've stumbled I'll, into
2: okay something. Yeah. I'm really sorry. You're out, you're out. Someone help! Yeah, he's the I'm reigning sorry. champion. So we're, there is that. We're the worst two people to be competing <laughs> against. Oh, I am definitely going to play into this. <laughs> be awesome. no, no, whenever you disagree it's interesting but look, bo- bo- both both of you mentioned things that could completely make sense, yeah, yeah like you'll get more support in your second film in theory, like on average, mm-hmm. uh, and also you might have a bigger budget, which might make it more stable, but you're yeah. also right, uh, Giles, that if, the more money you spend, obviously the chance of profitability goes down it, all everything else being equal, obviously, if you're making a better product then it's different but mm. um you're certainly going to be leaner on your first film like i don't that that Correct. doesn't seem like as much of a stretch to say um the real truth at the end of the day is that uh, first time filmmakers are ever so slightly less likely to make money on their film but to a point degree that it's just not worth like it's it is there in the stats but it's a couple of percent and so ultimately first time directors are not inherently worse bets than Second time. If that's the only thing you know about them, obviously, ah. the real answer is that their height doesn't matter, their eye color doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What does matter is their talent, their hard work, their connections, the story. You know, it's just that it's a label that we use. Mm. Um, interestingly, this is just as an aside, but with producers, it's actually not only is it functionally irrelevant whether a producer has made a film before, sometimes if you look at the stats, actually it hurts. So if you're a first-time <laughs> producer, yeah. you have ever so slightly a higher chance of making money on your first film than an experienced producer has on their next film. No way. Yeah, it's fascinating. And when we when we wow. found this out, we went back to the AFM and said, "Hey, look, we found this out. Are you going to have a riot? Like, do you?" We're, about, we're, <laughs> yeah. just, we're, yeah. we're saying that experience in producing is a negative. And and Jonathan, who ran it at the time, was great because he was like he's such a he's such a good like film industry marketeer he was like a riot's great as long as they're buying tickets <laughs> yeah. And so they're he, rioting. yeah and so yeah exactly it was like i was worried they wouldn't like it he's like i don't care if they don't like it yeah. that's but, really
1: interesting all these first time like producers getting their distribution reports right now going oh my god at least
2: it'll be better at least, oh, I'll, no. make,
1: <laughs> at least I'll make a living on my next film <laughs>
2: yes. but that's I, I read it as Thanks, a positive Steven.
0: thing i read it as like <laughs> it was you? an open
2: door you've managed to find the negative framing
0: of like it gets worse but <laughs> well, it's yeah. true because that first feature. Feature, as a producer, there's so much stuff to do with not only raising the money, doing all the paperwork, getting actually through making the film, but then all the deliverables and then doing all the paperwork within that and trying to get any money through the door and get that back from your distributors. That's a huge undertaking for anyone, let alone someone doing this on a, a feature film scale where it can blow up and be massive. And you're dealing with all these problems. You, ever, I think every producer out there right now who's about to make their second feature has gone, oh, my God, really? It gets harder. <laughs> I might not make any more money well then-
2: all we're talking about is money here. So yes that's what's we are interesting. talking about money you're right not so success
0: what happens here
2: is in the film industry we have to think about like incentives and feedback loops mm. and if you fail whether artistically you make a terrible film or you lose money or whatever the criteria is that we're going to define failure in your first film mm. you don't get your artistic license revoked like no you don't lose your license you don't know it's not like you're no longer allowed to make films should you what then? happens is oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> that's out of my spe- that's that was, out of my yes. specialty i'm out of order <laughs> i don't mean it <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's not a protected profession, is it? Like a doctor, there's a Mm. a doctor, you have to get in through accreditation. And if you do something really wrong, then you get to a panel and you lose your license. Film doesn't have that. And almost all the people that you work with, and certainly most of the investors and stuff, will be new each film. So, really, what is the consequence of quote unquote failing? nothing really Mm -hmm. like it may in some cases in some places but at the end of the day you're going to have to build it from scratch anyway your second film as you were saying earlier on can be harder because you've used up all your favors in the first one or it might be that it's just as easy or just as hard because you're using the same skills or it might be that it's easier because you've got a bit of reputation but at the end of the day you're going to have to build it from nothing no one's going to hand it to you maybe if you've done you know like all these outliers always ruin everything but like other than the the 0.1 percent who've have things thrown at them. Everyone's going to have to go out there and build it from scratch anyway. So, failing, whatever you classify that as, isn't as bad as you'd think. And so, that means that we don't, although filmmakers spend so much time pretending that they really want the film to make money and there's mm. no, no harm in that. And it would be great if the film did make money. Really, deep down, we know that's not the motivation. Because if, if it was, if the film industry was motivated by money, we would see a very different industry. Yes. So, yeah. I find it quite liberating actually because it comes down to your hard work. So, bringing this back to where we started, this is why I wanted to talk about this before we talked about the actual stats on second-time films, because I think when I used to jump straight into the conversation about second films, we would people would very quickly go to the idea that making a second film was A, the goal, and B, if they didn't, it was failure. And I mm-hmm. think that's a, such an unhelpful and untrue framing, because mm-hmm. what do you really want as a director? You want to live a life. You want to be able to pay for your family and your kids. You want to make art that you're proud of. You want to have an interesting life and have creative expression. And making a second film is not
0: the way we measure any of those things. I do like that because... I think, and I've always said this on the podcast, please just go out and make your film. Make it yeah. just however you can. It's iPhone with its 20 quid or its 2 million. Just go do it because then you'll learn. You become a better filmmaker. And there's so much pressure. I, I really believe this put on that first film it has to be good. Yeah. It has to win awards. Otherwise, you'll never make another film in this industry again. Those days are gone. That does not exist. Yeah. If you've gone out there and made a film, you now know how to do it. That to me is a huge plus i don 't care if it 's made money or not i really don 't as a producer. I care about you and your talent and your hard work and what you want to do with the next film okay cool you 've been through the trenches you 've done it now. I believe in you properly you know i I, I go okay well, if I had two hundred and fifty k if I had two million now I might put it into you, and I think that for me is really important. I love that attitude of going out there and doing it. I might be totally wrong, but that 's how I feel I like that
1: no i I think that 's right i think I think you know that that old the the idea of having the permission to fail. like Nobody sets out no, of to make not. a bad film or to no. fail, of course. But it's liberating to know that failure isn't, in inverted commas, insert in, so whatever you mean by that, isn't the end. And I, I think I've said this before, but um, Paul Greengrass, when he was a, pre, a present chairman, <laughs> insert name here, of Directs UK, um, and they're only saying like, directors these days are so obsessed with doing that first film and knocking it out of the park Mm -hmm. on the straight one like where is the permission to fail he's like you know, I, he's like, Paul Gingras, I've made some pretty decent films, you know, but also made a lot of terrible ones. And, and, you know, and, and in terms of like, I'm paraphrasing, (laughs) but like from his own, this is basically how he says it. It's like, like if I had not earned the right, you know, to Mm -hmm. make films or uh, learnt the lessons I did at ITV Granada, making all that stuff, you know, that he did, then he wouldn't have gone and made the Bourne films or gone and made, Mm -hmm. you know, the amazing stuff. And, and because you don't do that as the first film. And like, yes, there are the outliers, other stuff that just smash it and and go straight out but you cannot compare yourself to that because most people are making film and learning from their experience I certainly did Mm -hmm. you know and and everything and every single film going forward you're always trying to make a better film to have that as a career to go through
2: Yeah, but you're right you also have something special with your first film or first films before you get known by anybody that you care about is that you you then lose and never get back again mm -hmm. which is that if you make a film and no one sees it it doesn't matter yeah yep. if you make the Blair Witch Project then the second film is a bad film yes. then you've got attention so apathy is one of the most valuable spaces to learn I mean that's what <laughs> I remember at film school the, the films I was making did not matter no one gave a fuck and was very clear telling me that constantly and that was helpful to experiment to try to learn like I I, read, I was reading somewhere it's about um people who could, the first time they go to Vegas the worst thing that could happen to you is you win big, right Yep, that will yep. ruin you yep. for the rest of your life mm-hmm. because you will build neural pathways that Vegas equals money. And then 50 times after that, you keep losing, but you still got that first hit. Yes. And so if I was to dream someone's career, like if I was to you know say okay what's the perfect career for a director i would want them to make a film that they are proud of but have notes on that that got some people interested but got them in the room allowed them to apply to the scheme Mm -hmm. the funding thing the development money that would get them to the next stage which is exactly what greengrass is talking about because that's what television often was Mm -hmm. but i would not wish on anyone paranormal activity
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, they get the money as well. Well, actually, I'm, I'm sure because of the, the film industry works, they don't. You're right, Stephen, the pressure. And this is what I was going to bring up as well in terms of if your first film is a smash hit, it does win the BAFTAs. It does win Oscar nom. The pressure to make the next film is ridiculous. It's suddenly now people are going, oh, it's from the director of, or we're expecting yes. something good from yeah, yeah. you. We've just chucked all this money at you. How are you not delivering? And then how hard it is from there, if it does bomb, to make a third film. Yes, that's the narrative. See, this is right? the thing
2: about the industry is that what makes a second film work is the narrative you craft around mm-hmm. you. And it's so, yeah, it's great if your film takes off. And you get to say, I'm the hot new director. But if you're proven not to be, even though that's just as false as the fact that you were, like, yeah, you're right. Big film, first film did very well. Second film doesn't do very well by whatever standards people are using. That third film is now a lot harder. Whereas if Hmm. you'd flipped the order of those two, if you'd made a forgettable, crappy film, and it was either literally forgotten or just embarrassing, but no one cares then you made this amazing film. The third film would be so much easier, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. But, yes. but anyway, let's go. So, yes. so the number, so um, I'm really interested. Uh, Giles, do you, do you know the number of films, the percentage of directors, sorry, that go on to make a second feature film?
0: Well, uh, I don't know the exact figures, but we on the Q&A tour for 3 Day Millionaire, we did talk about this and we've mentioned it on the podcast, I think. Quite a few times I think you were on that, Phil, and we guessed that around 85% of people didn't go on to make a second film. I have a feeling it's slightly lower than that, but that's what we were saying. So that's why I want to debunk this us just guessing and get the actual sort of more facts around Phil, it. Phil,
2: what do you reckon? Do you reckon higher or, higher or lower? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Am I being an optimist or a pessimist?
2: (laughs) Are you going to win the quiz, (laughs) Phil? (laughs) Yeah, I get the sense that you you need the points here, so (laughs) you're not behind.
1: (laughs) I would say it is higher,
2: higher than eighty five percent. Yeah. Oh wow. Why do you think that is? Just if that is the case, why? What's? Well, I mean,
1: to be honest, I think I think eighty five percent we've used as as a shorthand. So I I probably, if you ask me. Honestly, the first thing I probably would have said that number, but I'm just thinking like if we're talking about theatrically released movies, which I guess that's what. The
0: oh, I see. Yeah, that are, is different stats. Very then. different because
1: yeah. you know um, because there are. I mean, look at Giles and I. You know how many film feature films have we made mm-hmm. that may not have qualified because it's not deemed a, a UK theatrical release? Correct. Now, is that any less or more valid in terms of you know statistics? On, on that basis, I would say less people go
0: on and make a second film hey guys and gals giles here jumping in to tell you about q scripts Well, they're a script analysis service who provide detailed, constructive and professional reports on shorts, features and TV scripts. They work with both emerging talent aiming for a break in the industry as well as established writers looking to take their scripts and ideas to the next level. They have experienced readers with a track record at honing scripts into the best and most appealing version for production companies and other partners. And because you listen to the Filmmakers Podcast, you get three months membership for free for a limited time. So get there now. Qscripts.com. Link is in the show notes. Easy. <laughs> Qscripts.com. Check them out.
2: Well, this is one of the rare situations where I actually get to say that the news is slightly better than you think it is, but only because, not, not because it's good oh. news, just because you guys are in a very pessimistic mood. So that's good.
0: <laughs> that, that, oh, no, this that is a helps. positive. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. It's not Yay! nearly as bad as you thought. Um, oh, okay, good. good. So so yeah, so what I did was this was a study I did a few years ago. So everything I'm going to talk about on the pod there, we can put links and stuff and you can read it on the, on the website, um, mm-hmm. on my website. Um, and so I looked at about half a million people who had at least one credit across all the different jobs. So this is, there's not that many directors. Um, but this was over like a 20 year period. And so I was looking at kind of the really big picture. Cause that's what I like to do. I like to start with a really big picture and then you get a really crude number or at mm-hmm. least a very broad number. That's the average of everything. And then you start drilling down and starting to see where it's more useful. Um, and th- this was looking at the number of people who had at least one credit within a particular job, and then had another one afterwards. And for directors, it was about sixty-seven percent. So about oh, cool. two-thirds of directors uh, never made a, a second film. So they had one directing credit, but then a third of them had at least one more. Although that falls very quickly in the sense that um, for directors, it was if you if you say how many people made a third film, I think it was under under one in five like under 20 percent. Oh, okay um wow. but i think it's so on the it's so interesting who whether you think that's optimistic or pessimistic that my loose experience in talking to people about it is that if someone's never made a film before They think it's really kind of bad or depressing, and they're like, "Oh wow, so two thirds never do it again." God, that's terrible. You talk to anyone who's made a film, and they're like, "I can't believe it's so hard. Yes, (laughs) I can't believe people are ever doing this ever again. (laughs) Yeah, this was so hard and so so unrewarding, torturous, unrewarding. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, unrewarding. And also because, as we've as we've alluded to already, like not making another film is not not synonymous with failure because if you were then hired to make a Netflix series, Mm -hmm. which I think by anyone's definition would be success, if you wanted to direct and they hired you to direct two episodes of a well-funded series, like that is like, assuming that's what you want, but like no one's going to go, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that, mate. Don't worry, it'll pick up. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) that. So, but that wouldn't show up here. And so I think then there's also jobs. So like um, uh, many people produce because nobody else will produce for them or because they want to take control of their career. Mm -hmm. So when you see producers which is a very very similar number very 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 similar number okay. um to directors it's not failure it's because they use that as a their first film as a launching pad for themselves as a whatever writer, director performer and then they gone off and did that career um right and there are people who i mean like i think this is it shows how to some degree open it is to make a film because i'm sure there are very few people who qualify as a lawyer or a doctor who don't survive a second year or something mm. you know whatever Because it's so hard to get there and it's so as a gatekeeper after gatekeeper. Whereas in film, you just go and do it. Like I'm not making it sound easy, but it's not you don't have to ask for anyone's permission. So that would invariably mean that there are lots of people who go in without the intention to carry on or who are a lot more sort of laissez-faire about whether they do
0: more. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you're right with that fact is you don't need qualifications to go make a film. You anyone right now can pick up any kind of camera and go shoot something with no prior knowledge. Of making a film before and they do it and they go oh my god this is horrendous and horrible and i realize they don't want to do it but like you say in nursing or if you're a doctor you've spent how many years training to do this Mm -hmm. yeah some might quit but you've Spent the time, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> you know you've you've done that whole process. Whereas filmmaking, sometimes it's not. You haven't gone to film school. You haven't studied for so many years. You've literally picked up a camera and gone. And Going, hey, let's go make a picture film because you fancied it. You Which know. is
2: great, isn't it? Right? But isn't that like something we want? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's again why it's so important to have that framing of like it's not failure not to make a second film at all. Mm-hmm. It's just it's important to manage your expectations. But I think it's also important because when you I don't know if it's still the case, but certainly when I was at film school 20 years ago, there was this sense that once you made a feature, you were sort of in a different industry or you'd broken through or something. There was, there was some sort of popping a cherry. There was this moment where you'd enter something else. And to some degree, maybe that was true in the 1980s when there were like 50 films made in the UK and, and there was a small number of people all on, you know, in Soho that could make your career. Maybe that was true, but. First of all, they'd you'd have to be white, posh, and male. So, like, it's yes, not like correct. that was a good thing in any way. But, um, but also, like, it, it's just not true. Like, there isn't a transition. You don't go from one world to another. You're still you, and you making a short film or having a YouTube series or, or you know, whatever, being a creator and making a feature film. There's no tangible difference in in you don't get a different badge or enter a different room or mm-hmm. whatever. So I just Yeah, you think never you never
1: make it to the inverted commas. How the hell do you make it? You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like it, you know, it's it's a weird thing to to think about.
0: You it. probably get asked as well this, Phil, a lot. And maybe you, Stephen, I, I get emails all the time going, Hey, I want to be a writer director. How do I do it? And I'm like, that's such an open-ended question. I'm <laughs> like, ah, how long do you want? I've <laughs> yeah, got yeah. 317 podcasts There's something <laughs> yeah. on there that will tell you some information about how to do it. But that, how do you even answer that in any kind of That's an essay. That's a book. That's a, you know, that's, Mm. uh, it it is exactly like that. Well, it depends whether they mean the noun or the verb, because to be Uh. a
2: writer and in a verb sense means you open up and you start typing. Mm-hmm. Right, and you can do it in your notes app on your phone. You're now writing. Congratulations! Mm-hmm. Yes. If you want to be a writer with a capital W, I mean, I think um it, <laughs> capital I like that. Yeah, like yeah. The, the the author the David, Mitchell, yeah, exactly. uh, David Mitchell. Yeah, exactly. David Mitchell, not the the comedian, the, the j- novelist. He talks about the difference between being an author and a novelist, and I think he talks about being an author about some, being someone who really cares about the sentence structure and all. Oh, that's a lovely word. Oh, that's a great thing. Oh, the thing. And then the 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 novelist is someone who goes on the you know, TV shows and has to do the, mm. pr- the, the tour. And, you know. and so I imagine writing is just you creating with words, whereas being a writer might be getting industry recognition, be getting in the room. So you kind of have to split these two things and see that one fuels the other and vice versa. But they're, what they're asking of you is to make them into a noun. And the answer is just go be a verb, mm. <laughs> just go write.
1: Can you imagine getting that reply. Go be John. a verb. Yeah, that's why voice. I don't say this because
2: it doesn't feel Regardless. helpful. I think that's a helpful answer, but I also want no, no, to say no, stop being a noun, start being a verb. Clever. Well, that's the thing. What a, a lot of people,
1: after. and, and hearing is kind of what we're talking about. Is like there's a lot of people that say they're a filmmaker, but haven't, haven't actually made a film, or a lot, mm. I'm a director but now, the director come out of film school and they mm-hmm. printed a. Vista print business card that says director, and like yes.
0: therefore, you know,
1: they're but a director. You can, they not? You, yeah. but you're not. Yeah, but you're not. It's, it. it's
0: not a capital D. Until Stephen so Follows
1: sends you a little certificate with a little <laughs> <laughs> rosette on That'll be £10, um, please. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I, th- the re- I think the reason why I was being Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pessimist, <laughs> and maybe this can be my new job title in the <laughs> Mr. Pessimist with um, a capital P, Mr. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, no, because I think, into maybe this is a whole other stat to go into, but the amount of films that are made that get theatrical distribution, that's, you know, yes. uh, you know, so yes, like, definitely. I think there's certain filmmakers probably to this right now going, either A, well, I've made five, like this, these numbers don't work. Or there's, you know, people saying, hang on, you, you're saying this sounds positive, but I just, I want a career <laughs> making these films and you're saying you've made one and I can't, you know, and it's really hard to make the rest. But it's like, but that's because of, because of the state of what we're in in terms of distribution, the way things are released mm. and, and and the inverted commas gatekeeping of that uh, and the lack of support for independent film distribution, especially in this country, mm-hmm. um, which is why I like your stats because then I can... When I when I get on my uh, lofty uh, soapbox, I can Google your website. So go here, some <laughs> actual facts. <laughs> so that's why I was initially uh, pessimistic. Let's um, no, not let's not say I was wrong.
2: No, but that's no. why no, I. You, wrong. <laughs> you get a point. No, <laughs> I mean I'm
0: not giving him a point. Ah, no,
1: but when, I think that's why I was thinking it was so high because of that.
0: You know, you know I um, like that, Phil. You are right because there's so many filmmakers right now who are distributing... I'll straight onto Amazon. You know, they, they can do that themselves. You can make a film now and you can put it on Amazon or whatever platform, Vimeo, YouTube. You are still a filmmaker. You are still putting your product out there. That is fact. That is still happening. Just because it's not theatrical doesn't mean it's not officially released and you're not officially a director. But they're just the stats we're working with. You mentioned that a minute ago about writers, um, but we haven't actually discussed screenwriters in this scenario as well. Do we have those? St- specific stats as well in terms of screenwriters to do a second slash third yeah.
2: film. And it's very similar to to um to uh directors. So I looked at this even over a longer period of time. So looking back right to sort of from nineteen fifty to, to the modern day, like it's still only like about sixty six percent of writers have written and then this would have been full writer credits. So for Mm -hmm. example, writing credits, as you know, they're quite well regulated by the WGA, but there's lots of different types. And so I've quite often gone in and filtered them. So it wouldn't be like characters by or based on the book by this will be people who I would use a slightly narrower definition than just their name was in the writing block. But but I have an interesting question for you guys. So Phil, this is your chance to get Another point from Giles, and the first you know point what? from I me. I may have started this now. Yeah, I love you oh, I, this. you do, but a little bit of you wants the points, so I, I, this is a big bit. You can quit anytime. Really do. I don't think we're really going do. to. Um, so, do you think over the so over the last seventy years, so from nineteen fifty to now, do you think that broadly um, it's been easier or harder to make it to write a second film? So, do you think that the the number of writers who've written a second? So, here is the exact criteria: percentage of movie screenwriters who uh, had a second credit within the first five years of their first. So they, they had one credit mm-hmm. and then within five years later, what percentage had a second one? Um, do you think that's gone up or down over the last 70 years?
1: Oh, okay, show my working. Uh, there's more <laughs> films being made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
2: true. That's a massive factor. And there's yeah.
1: more writers. Mm-hmm. So... True. Do I be Mr. Pessimist again? Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Doom, I think it was. <laughs> uh, Dr. Doom. Um, <laughs> I, I would say it's easier. Let's say easier. Go on.
0: Okay, so it's you think easier. more people have had a second film yes. within the first five years. What do you What do you reckon, Giles? Uh, just to be different uh, uh, and to see who gets <laughs> the points here, just for fun, I will say it's less. It's not. It can't be. I, I, I actually don't think it possibly can be because more films are getting made now. Um, but still... That doesn't mean a screenwriter is going on to make a second or they they might have written it, but it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. come out. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there is those stats, but actually released. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to stick with more, but I think I'm wrong.
1: Unless, of course, it's option C and it's... Uh, option C exactly
0: No, 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 I'm same. not going to
2: ask you trick questions because, <laughs> oh, <okay. I'm, laughs> because I
0: can trick you with the real questions, so I'm not <laughs> okay, even going to go through yeah, that. Extra.
2: Well, I'm I'm enjoying this immensely um, because I feel like we have created something in Phil's head that is going to live and grow for a long time because Giles is right again. <laughs> Stop it! And he didn't oh, even care. I, get a point. I didn't want it. <laughs> I know. <He's, laughs> listen to this. He's getting points he doesn't even want. it. Yeah, winning I
1: early star.
2: I but, it, but, but right. again we have brought up really interesting things in, in, the, in <laughs> the figuring fact. of this out wow yeah so basically in 1950 about half of writers that had one film wrote another one and by the time it got down to like the 2010s it was down to about 20 percent. because this is within five years oh, so because
1: there's less films being made and there's more success deemed successful writers well so they're, they're like definitely back then no
2: when there are more films being made now. Films are yeah. much, much easier to make. And in the, in, the, in the last 20 years, we've seen maybe four or five time fold, you know, increase in the number of films made, mm. even the number of films released. But there are even more people coming in. So you, you guys identified that there's lots of factors coming in here. The number of films being made, number of writers coming in. And I think that what this reflects is something we have already talked about, which is it was much more of a closed shop. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe even going back to the 50s, there might still have been writers on on salary, you know, within the studio system. I'm not quite sure when for writers that started to fall apart. But um, it would have meant that, that once you're in, it would have meant more. Like having yeah, a writing credit, there I would see. have been – although there system. were fewer jobs. There were even fewer writers that had mm-hmm. the – permission and you know like i said before these were mainly posh well-connected white men mm-hmm. and they were part of a club and they were allowed to make films and once you'd made one you know don't worry chap will will allow you to make another because you're in the one of the four rooms where that happens and now this sort of decentralization this sort of i really don't like the word democratization because i don't think it's a democracy but i do think it's easier to to just do it and so there's been an and also writing as well, it's become, there are so many books and technologies that make it much more accessible. Whereas, you know, being as, I was going to say a cinematographer, but actually now with iPhones and things, it is a lot easier to sort of. Get the end of the sellotape. It is, start, but doesn't mean but it's any good. But no, no, of course. But it's accessibility uh, yeah, I think of, of us are
1: cringing when they. No, but there, but there no. are
2: tutorials and stuff like. So yes. if you think yeah, about yeah, it, you know, like yeah, yeah. 1950, you want to work in in any pick a job randomly. Okay, makeup. You're going to need the materials. Grip. You're going to need training, whatever. Yeah. But like writing again, you'd be like, I don't know how it works. Whereas now you can go down for five quid and, and to a bookshop and buy Save the Cat, and it's not going to make you into the best writer in the world, but it's going to mm-hmm. get you on a flow. Mm. And final draft is you know like eighty and then you've yeah,
0: got a is pretty much free these days isn't it I think exactly or yeah. Word or whatever yeah, like it it, the barrier please don't send it on lower. Word though ever 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 <laughs> do not send your script on I should on say Word.
1: Highland because I listen to script notes Highland <laughs> there you go
2: right. we need to talk in a separate pod I did do a huge project into like 12,000 scripts with um, ScreenCraft where we looked at what programs people wrote in and Microsoft Word came up a lot more than you'd think wow. in in sort of wow. professional slash semi-professional scripts not as not, it wasn't the main program but of course you know. it can't anyway, be well, yeah
1: but, um, but people but yeah, don't so... accept
0: it that way. But anyway, we'll come no, back no, to no, that because no. that's yeah, fine. Yeah, and and I... was
1: it Blair Witch and, and Paranormal <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Written I on
0: word. That... Well, Jed yeah. Shepard wrote Host that way. You know, th- th- that's yeah. they, they just literally let's write an idea down. So it was written on Word. Technically, it didn't end up that way. But that's what they wrote it on because it was an easier platform to yeah. just send it backwards and forwards at the time. Also, Blair Witch did not have a script. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, people scream, have a script. Screams people scream yeah. in wood,
2: runs. But yeah, so it's much more open so, yeah, the the odds on making a second film, uh, if just writing a second film, have gone down drastically. But also the opportunities to be Gosh. a professional writer have gone up in other areas. So there was far less television, 1950, you know, and all the different places. So you can be a professional writer and not be involved in a feature film, whereas that would have been a lot harder. And so it's not so much that it's got better or worse per se. It's that it's just changed. It's like it's a
0: different thing now, isn't it? Also on that, Stephen, I think mm. writers potentially are paid less. And because there is a lot of scripts out there, you know, someone can option your script for a pound or whatever. We make it because it's an indie film. We make it for very little money. Therefore, the writer has spent three, four years of their life writing this, getting paid very little. And the back end money, well, we all know it's very difficult to get any back end money, even if your film is a huge success. Therefore, if they've got a roof over their heads and families. But to go and write another one and spend two more years writing it you can understand that whereas back in the studio system the 50s 70s 80s it was a different beast whereas you're now on a you're getting a set wage necessarily to write a film so i understand those stats now a little more now we've d- dug a little deeper and that's why i think writers these days can go out there and succeed uh, like you say we're just doing feature film stats fascinating fascinating stats Great! This is fun. Is um,
1: it? Is it though? Now, before we, <laughs> it, it, you know, I, well, the first time I got
0: <laughs>
2: recognised, and um, not visually, but like when I was in Cannes in two thousand, must have been fourteen or a year or so after I'd started doing the blog. They recognised my name actually. So basically, I was chatting to somebody in, in this cab thing, and we were just like two people chatting in front of the volavons or whatever. And like then they looked at my name badge, and they were like, "Oh, you're Stephen Follows!" Like it was the first time it happened, and he literally said, oh, "You're Stephen Follows. I love your stuff. It's so depressing." <laughs> <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was one
0: sentence. And yeah. I was like, Excellent. wow, he is a reader. Clearly, he does read it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, does. it is depressing, but it, it's depressing in a good way because I think we should know these facts. Hence why I think we should do this more and more because this is good stuff. It's it's good to know what you're getting mm. into. I think I think it is. I think it's um. I think if you're going in with
1: your eyes open, knowing that like not expecting to win the Oscar and then get the all the money on the next one and all the money, you know, even going oh actually mm. maybe that's not going to happen. How am I going to pay my mortgage or you know <laughs> support my kids or? buy a pot noodle. You know, it's like is what else That the order ha- of priorities. Mortgage <laughs> first, kids
2: second, and then immediately <laughs> yeah, pot noodle. It feels the other <laughs> way around, actually, I
1: was but... just I was trying to cover all bases. I was <laughs> like, uh, yeah. the um, People here are going like, I'm a filmmaker, I don't have a mortgage. Uh, but, but um but yeah because it's like how do you diversify, you know, and or being or 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 uh, or being mm. open to diverse, diversifying that kind of income, you know, and, and the fingers in pies and insert, you know, uh, cliches here. But like, you know, I'm a commercial director. Like if you look at, if, you, if you've broken down all of my income, yeah, I've made six feature films, probably I would say maybe three of them maybe would be... Statistically, Mm. on your, you know, based on the parameters of what you might look for in terms of a tax credit or, you know, BFI, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'd say probably three, I'd say maybe even two, you know, um, that would show up on that. So that's a positive for people out there that, you know, like, wait, those guys, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Giles has made the dare seven times. Like, you know. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah,
0: same same with me that, that out of the 10 features I've made, on those stats of theatrical releases, um, yeah, I'd say that there's probably three in mm. there. Yeah. The others are straight to stream. It's the tip Actually, of the iceberg, that. isn't it?
2: That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah know, it's
0: just it the is.
1: tip of the iceberg. But what I'm saying yeah. is, like, in terms of if you look mm. at my income streams, a percentage yes. of income over my entire career, commercials would be massively higher than any film you know that mm. I've ever done. But I'm you know deemed a X times feature filmmaker, but that's because I've diversified. I couldn't have I can live the way I live and, and support my family and stuff just by making indie film. So those artists uh, out there that are like, film is my high art. I'm going to knock it out of the park on my first film. I'm going to struggle for 20 years trying to, you know, make that Oscar winning movie. And, and, and selling sofas on tellys beneath me. You know, <laughs> you, you kind of you, you need to have another long look at your life. And, and, look at, and look at different ways of making money while you chase the dream, in averted commas. You know? Totally. I mean, you guys
2: can't see this, but um, he's wearing fur coat. He's got gold around him. He's in a- <laughs> no, but but all jokes aside, I actually, I, I, I really, really like what you're saying. And I really like the framing of that. Because the thing is, think about it the other way around. Do you really want the thing that is about self-expression and art to be the thing that where you pay your mortgage? I don't, because I want to be able to walk out the room. I want to be able to say no. I don't want a conflict between mm-hmm. this is right for the film and this is right mm-hmm. for my kids, for the, feeding the pot noodles to my kids, presumably, <laughs> which I'm sure is child abuse. But
1: We're all vegetarian, we don't yeah. do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
2: no, but like you, you want to disconnect those things so that when they come to you with an advert you don't care about and they're not offering you enough money, you're like, no. Or they offer you a film where they're trying to make you something you don't want to make, but and purely for the money. You're like, well, no, because you're... A lot of money in film is nothing like a lot of money in adverts. So actually splitting these things and knowing what you're doing, today I'm achieving this rather than today I'm trying to be have self-actualization and also financial success. For me, it makes it much more likely you'll achieve each of these things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a successful portfolio career. That's how the, the directors or all creatives I know that have succeeded have done that. Very few make their money from their self-expression and from their art. And I don't wish that on anyone. <laughs> that's horribly complicated. Hang on, complicated.
1: my sofa's are my art. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, of <laughs> so I make just, uh, films for extreme torture and, uh, <laughs> just a, and character, a character building.
0: And one um, of mine was extreme torture, <laughs> you know, actually <acting> physically and <laughs> physically. on the screen. Yeah, but <laughs> I think
1: that's important because if I got if I went back to my eighteen-year-old, seventy-year-old self, who you know, because I, I want to make mm. movies since I was ten, you know, and gone like you're going to make adverts and that's how you're going to make your money and you will make film, but you got to, to put a heck of a lot of effort and attention and hard work and, 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 and not spend enough mm. as much time on film as you really love to. I would be like, why, why do I want to do that? Like I want to just make film, you know, and that's okay when, you know, you're 19 and you can live yeah. on 7P and you, you know, and and living in a noodles, student yeah. house, you know, on mm. <laughs> pot noodles. It's good to have um, a sponsor for this episode. Isn't <laughs> sorry, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'll be emailing uh, them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yes, I think, you know, I think, I, I would have loved that. And I fell into commercials and it was an absolute blessing, an absolute mm-hmm. blessing. And I fell into commercials from doing short narrative short films, you know, um, and, and that enabled me to make more. So, it, it, so they went hand in hand. And I feel that, you know, when I'm talking to filmmakers now, or you get the email saying, how do I be the writer, the director? It's mm-hmm. like, well, by doing this, but also how are you going to do that thing? How are you going to live and survive and, and support this addiction
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. well yeah it goes back to what we were saying before like it's crazy it doesn't make any sense to do it but then again that's what self-expression is that's what hobbies are and i'm not suggesting filmmaking is purely a hobby for this But that's that's going way too far because it can also be a career it can be a profession all that sort of stuff but it's not as clear as you know you train as a lawyer and you earn your money from being a lawyer and then you go and play golf at the weekends it's I, it's a it's a mix, and sometimes that's terrible because you're having to, conf, you know, two things you care about are being conflicted. But broadly speaking, I love it. I love the idea that the the blurring of the line between work and play is very vague. And I've often Mm -hmm. joked that I don't think I've had a deductible holiday in 10 years, because the Mm -hmm. places I want to go involve film festivals, involve teaching, people invite me to like go teach in Malaysia. And I'm like, I'd love to go to Malaysia. And then but that's also work. And so I like that blurring. And I think that for me, my personal choice is that that uh, it's not clear what's the hobby and what's the work is my sign of success. And I think it's the same with you, Phil, with with film, where it's definitely not a hobby. It's not like, oh, what I waste my money on the side? Like someone might you know play golf but at the same time it's like you said you've managed to correctly correctly sorry successfully like hive it off from all the necessities of life and and being you know operating and that that's great like i i agree the 17 year old self wouldn't like uh, it but.
1: but i think it's a, it's a stage because still my 17 year old self is going hey i'm still in there it's going, hey, yeah. hang on <laughs> i still want the multi-million uh, dollar of, uh, directing checks and only yeah. able to focus on film ever again
0: but, but. like, even if, if but <laughs> in the um, meantime. But, <laughs> In the but, meantime, that they could happen, Phil. But that's the thing you're, you're saying there. But the fact is what you're doing right now, you are making films. You know, you've just made a studio film. You're doing these commercials. But the, the chances of you make now going, actually, I can make another studio film. I can make another one. And then suddenly don't do the commercials anymore. It's pretty it can be it's literally there I mean it's it's that close I mean we don't know if these things are going to happen or not happen you've got the lottery tickets is, haven't you you're, you've you're, got the lottery ticket <laughs> yeah. yeah and you've actually got my, numbers on my butler's on
1: holding there. it right now <laughs> uh,
0: you go. even though you didn't win the quiz you know what I mean today oh uh, here we go knock him down you have that tanks. chance yeah. but, and, 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 and I think that's but I think that's really important and something that Stephen is saying is that you're in you're making stuff constantly you're creating constantly even with the adverts you can play with a, a steady cam. you can play with an angle you can do, oh, I'm going to shoot all this through a glass. You know what I mean? I'm going to shoot all this in, in underwater. He gets directed. He understands yeah. what directing is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: No, but, I mean, but yeah, it's a very, very valid and a lot. And the thing is, is like, I would never ever say no of turn down commercials. Like I'm mm-hmm. above them. Even if I went off and made huge film. Joseph Kaczynski on the last podcast,
0: Director you know, of Top a Ball lot Maverick. of
1: the... Uh, unique camera lenses and kits that went into the into the planes came from doing car commercials or a car commercial and they they almost funded <laughs> their first R&D of doing that. So they kind of, you know, go hand in hand. Um, so yeah. anyway. And it beats
0: it beats working in a bar where you can't be creative. Well,
1: you know? yeah. It makes that's, you a better I think, filmmaker. I think that's what we're saying. Here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So
0: it's, yeah. So it does change what you're doing. But you like, I think what we've learned from this today is that don't worry about you know, necessarily stats. If you want to be a filmmaker, you can go do it. Don't be depressed by things. Don't worry about what people say to you. The fact is, if you've got a good story and you've got some talent behind you, even if you don't, you can still go make a feature film. You can do that and you can make a second one. We can have a separate conversation in a few episodes about whether talent matters or not, but let's come back. <laughs> Let, that, that's going to be Just at least another really hour. Just really
1: depressed about this
2: whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> does I'm talent like, matter?
0: Does talent matter? There's other things we want to talk about as well in the future of doing these as well. You know, mm-hmm. shorts to features. What mm-hmm. the facts and figures on someone going from a short to a feature? You know, do movies with better reviews? uh make better features you know are they do they make more money i love all that kind of stuff and i think that's really important because we can all get burnt by reviews you know we can all make a short film and go how do i turn this into a feature and i think those facts and figures will be fascinating as we move forward with these episodes that we are calling until we can come up with a better title the business of film explained
1: the film fact deep dive
0: film data crunch
2: (laughs) <laughs> Film data crunch, um, yeah. Um, I think the pot noodle hour is uh the, the working <laughs> title. <laughs> um,
1: Stephen, I've got a challenge as well. I don't know yeah. whether this is even possible, but I've always been fascinated, and again, maybe it's a way of um, hopefully inspiring and, and lifting the the gatekeeping, the drawbridge, that kind of thing about class, you know, and filmmaking and 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 geographically. You know where people live or based, or oh, you mean you know, class? Grow up. Not,
2: not class. Yeah. No. Oh, here we go.
1: We said class. Here we go. <laughs> is that the Two answer you were looking for? Here.
2: Yes.
0: That's, yeah, exactly
1: the answer I are looking for. Thank you very much for coming, Stephen. Uh,
0: that's great,
1: um, Stevie. Uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, I don't know whether that's something that because you know th- there is that whole thing of like, well, I need to be an unpaid intern, but to do that, I need yeah. to. You know, I don't want to get into it now but mm. I think there's there's a barrier to entry that I think would be really interesting to know about. Um, and I, I, I don't even know whether it's possible to find that out. But, Let's, but yeah, it's, at, it's a really point, good topic. It'd be interesting and to talk about. It,
2: it is, and there's a lot in there. I think it would be... Uh, less stats heavy than some of the other things because it's so inferior to measure but that doesn't mean in fact if anything it becomes more important we talk about it because the things that we can measure tend to be the things that we'll address so for example there's been more progress on gender equality than there has been on sort of racial equality because up until very recently it's been very easy most people have publicly identified in a binary sense not that they mm-hmm. should but they just have mm-hmm. and so through pronouns and things we can do more data research into gender in the past whereas with race it's much more complicated for many many reasons and so therefore there's been it's easier to say look how bad it is whereas mm-hmm. and class is even more ethereal, but is just as important if not more important because also a lot of these issues are like for example race and class Certainly in the UK are heavily linked because of just the unfair situation for so long. So yeah, let's, let's do it in another episode, but I think it's a really, really important topic. I'm really glad you brought it up. And there are some, there are some things I can bring to it and things we could talk about.
0: Definitely love right. it. And if you've got a question again, like I said, the start, if you've got a question for us during this tech support part of filmmaking, then do get in touch. The filmmakers podcast at gmail.com or go on our Twitter, uh, filmmakers pod, uh, or Instagram, the filmmakers podcast and let us know your questions about this, uh, anything. And, uh, let's see if we can dive deep into it. We did have a listener question, but we don't really have time for it (laughs) because we've gone deep into one topic. (laughs) I know. Which is fantastic, which is what percentage of directors, producers and writers do make more than one feature. I hope you got a lot out of this. I hope this is fascinating for you. Let us know um, because we want to do this more and we are going to do it more. Uh, Once a month, we're going to be doing this. Uh, It's great. Stephen Follows, thank you so much. This has been brilliant really fun
1: yeah thank you man it's been good it's been frustrating it's been emotional <laughs> uh,
0: it's been
2: empowering and to some degree it's been pointless for you but <laughs> the has got a couple of points but no but no all jokes aside, like, thank you very much for inviting me on and thank you very much for the work you do this is why i do what i do like the stats itself aren't actually what i'm into it for they are a form of storytelling they're a form of lighting things up so we can understand them but then we need to talk about them and then everyone needs to choose what they do with it so this kind of conversation we've just had is exactly what I want the end result I want it's not the graph or the chart or anything like that so yeah keep the questions coming and all the things even the things that you don't know how like exactly the way you, you framed it Phil is perfect I don't know how you're going to do this or I don't know if this is possible those questions are usually the more important ones because the easy to answer ones or the ones that are already answered out there we can find out but the ones where we get this sense that in that space there's a thing that might be important to like that's where we should be investigating and looking and so from you guys but also from the audience or anything like that please do send, it doesn't have to be a neat question. It can be, what what about class? Like that's a great question and something that we can definitely spend. Class. Five five hours. (laughs) If you're not British, this means nothing to you. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Listen, go out there, make your films, everyone. Uh, Go do it. Hope this has been inspiring in any way. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it is your duty to send the elevator back down uh, we will see you next Tuesday where we have uh, well in the next couple of months we have some amazing guests for you I'm going to read them out uh, we have Mark Jenkins the director of Ennis Men uh, we have Aleem Khan director of After Love we have Peyton Reed director of The New Ant Man and The Last Ant Man as well um, we have it looks like we might have William H. Macy coming on. Ben Caron, uh, that was obviously he's been on in the past with The Crown. Uh he's just done Andor, and his latest film, Shaper, is coming out. And we have Todd Field, director of Tar, the Kate Blanchett and Mark Strong starring thriller. It's amazing. So that's all coming up for you as well, as more Stephen follows. How bloody exciting for 2023. Uh, Phil Hawkins, thank you very much. Thank you. Stephen Follows, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. If you liked our episode today and want to support the Filmmakers Podcast for the future, check out our Patreon page. Patreon subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive bonus content, and more.